peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good One of the hardest thing to do when you're studying your Bible, I guess not really a hard thing to do, but a thing sometimes that it goes unrecognized is when you've heard something so much that you, you don't really think about it. You hear things being said, you don't really think about it. And then you read across verses in a Bible and you're like, wait a minute, people keep saying this, but this actually... Is not exactly how this is laid out in the Bible. So, of course, you got, you know, the prosperity gospel going around and. It's I can get into a whole tangent there. I'm going to stay away from that. But you also have. People that have both in the secular and in the Christian world, people have this idea that life is just going to be all unicorns and rainbows and everything is going to always go right. I told my kids as, as they're growing up in the house, I was hard on them about a lot of things. And there was a lot of things that I just did not accept. One of the things that I always told my kids, when I tell you to do something, no excuse will do. I don't care what it is. It just won't do. Now, Realistically, I understood that sometimes things happen and they wouldn't be able to do certain things. But there was a reason I was that hard. And I told them as they got older, when you leave this house, I love you. And that's why I'm trying to train you up. When you leave this house, there's no guarantee that anybody outside of these four walls are going to love you. There's no guarantee that they got your best interests in mind. Life is not going to be handed to you on a silver platter and life may not go exactly how you envision. Everything may not work out for you. That's just the reality. Sometimes things will happen. Unfortunate things will happen that cannot be explained. They just happen. Bad things happen. That's life. There's this misconception. Like I said, it's in both the secular and the Christian world that somehow life is always going to go good. And that's been promised. No, no, no. There's no promise in the Bible of life going good all the time. As a matter of fact, I actually find the contrary, but anyway, let's get into this. In the book of Job. So the book of Job is a very interesting book, right? Because it's a book that people often go to when talking about suffering, hard times, troubles, which I'm thankful for. I'm thankful to God that this book is in the Bible. Um, I believe biblically, and, and I believe you can prove this from the book. Job was a man of integrity. No, he's not a perfect man, but he's a man of great integrity. Feared God, eschewed evil. And Job chapter two, 
I'm going to read verse 9 and 10. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Here's what's funny. (laughs) I I, I told myself I wasn't going to stop at that verse, but I, I have to. Isn't it funny that it, it appears that sometimes at the hardest times in life, the people that you would think would be the most helpful can sometimes be the most unhelpful. Man, did I learn this in verse 10. But he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women. Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Now, I know some will look at that. There's some Bible deniers and some atheists that look at a verse like that and they say, oh, the Bible says that that God brought evil to Job. Well, first of all, if you look up the word evil, it doesn't just mean wickedness. Evil also means um, misfortune, uh, mischief, and there's a couple other things in a definition. But if you're reading, especially at this point, in its full context, you get a better understanding of that verse. And I do not believe Job is saying that God brought him wickedness and evil things. Like I said, in its context, what happened? Satan came before God. God said, have you considered my servant Job? Satan said, you got a hedge about him. This man has everything. So of course he's going to live for you. God said, all right, I'll one-up you. You can touch all his stuff. Satan did that. Job would not curse God. Satan appeared before God again. God said the same thing. Have you considered my servant Job? Well, yeah, but you you got a you got a hedge of protection around his life. God said, "All right, I allow you I allow you to touch his flesh, but you cannot kill him." Job go uh Satan goes back, does what he does, and there we have this this verse. And all this Job did not curse God, even when his own wife said, curse God and die. Yo, that's imagine right now we read these verses. I try to, I try to create a deep visual when I'm reading verses like this. Imagine this woman has lived with Job. She's seen Job pray. She's seen Job pray for his children, uh, and more than likely pray for his servants, um, serve God. You know, God didn't say that 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 Job was a, a upright man for nothing at all. Clearly, Job was a man of integrity, a man that walked with God and his wife would have seen this. So for her to say curse God and die, yo, that's bananas. That is bananas. But what Job said in this in verse 10, many people could learn a lesson from. I don't like you got to realize that. So this is how I think, especially when I'm reading a book like this. This is a literal situation. This is an account, right? It's not a made up story. This is an account. 
So this is what Job said. Clearly, if Job said this, he understood this. Job understood that, yo, bad things happen in life. Life is not all sugar and rainbows. Sometimes bad things happen. And like I said, I think there's this misconception that everything is just always going to work out. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, who comforteth, comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any, in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So I try to pay attention to simple truths, right? I, I, sometimes when I'm digging through my Bible, going through something, I'm trying to understand something that might be a little deeper and I'm a simple guy. So often I'd say 95% of the time I'm trying to understand simple things, simple things and verses that you can glean from them, right? So the apostle Paul talking here is saying, um, so in verse three, I'll read it. He said, uh, blessed be God, even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforteth us in our tribulations. So here's the thing I want you to notice. In this verse, now, there are many verses in the Bible about God's deliverance, no doubt. But I think people sometime, sometimes think that every trouble, every turbulent time that comes that as soon as they pray, God is just going to remove that thing right away. It's not how this works. And if that's what you think, you're sadly mistaken. You look at a verse like this, the Bible didn't say anything about removing the trouble. The Bible says God who comforteth us in all tribulation. That word tribulation means severe affliction, distress of life, vexation. So the Bible's saying, yo, God will give us comfort through this. Now, this is the simple thought I had to myself. Why didn't the apostle Paul say God would remove it? You see, by today's wisdom and today's standards, that's what most people would expect to be said. But that's not what was said here. Um, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 55:22 The Bible says, "Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved." That word sustain means to bear, uphold, to support as a foundation sustains the superstructure to hold, to keep from falling. I think sometimes we are so, this is a great time to live. I mean, realistically, 
we are really so removed, depending on what country you live in, obviously, there's countries where people are definitely suffering. In Western culture and in most developed nations, we're living so good that we, we take our living standards and we apply those living standards as a blanket way of life, as though this is the way it will always be and there will never be suffering. And because of that, we, we throw this thing upon God as though when a time of suffering or, you know, um, some misfortune happens that we just want out of it immediately. And we believe that if we just pray this prayer right quick, God will just remove all of this. Maybe it doesn't happen like that right away. Right? The Bible says here that cast thy burden upon the Lord and the Lord will remove the burden. It's not what it said. It said, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So that actually runs congruent with something in the book of 1 Peter, a verse that I've quoted before, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through verse 11. So I've quoted these verses, or I've quoted one verse in here, but I rarely, you know, go across the whole thing. But I wanted to today so you could see the following concepts under the verse. So I'll start at verse uh, at verse six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, <clears throat> knowing that the same affliction, afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So I looked up some of that, some of them words. Y'all know how I do, as I always say, word guy. Steadfast means firmly fixed in place, immovable, not subject to change. Now notice in verse, um, where is it at? Yeah, verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Notice what he says right here. After that ye have suffered, the key word here, a while. That word while means time, space of time, or continued duration. Establish, strengthen, settle you. I don't like to suffer. I don't like bad things to happen. And most times when bad things happen, I want it over right away. I'm just being honest with you. Keeping it real. 
I'm not going to sit here in front like I'm just, oh, yeah, I'm just ready to suffer for a long time. Nah, B, I just want it over right away. But what we got to understand is we're not promised that when trouble comes, there is no promise in the Bible that this trouble is going to go away right away. And if you notice in verse 11, what happens when we're steadfast, when we see God work, even when we're going through trouble? To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. If you do happen to read through the book of Job, I want you to notice something that, again, something that most people never really bring up. Job had everything stripped from him. His friends come. They sit with him for seven days before Job says a word. Job says something, and then his friends start to speak in succession. Job's problems didn't go away right away, and some of his problems were permanent things. Think about that. He had his land destroyed, cattle lost, kids killed. Like, this was crazy stuff. The stuff wasn't removed right away. Job didn't go to God in prayer and then poof, everything is better. Now nah, he suffered for a while. But he never charged God foolishly. He kept his integrity. God strengthened Job and allowed him to stand steadfast in his faith. I think, I think just like the world and many people within the world that believe that they're supposed to have everything handed to them and nothing is ever supposed to go wrong. I think there's a lot of Christians that hold that false belief toward God. Like, oh, I'm going through some trouble. God just removed this from me right away. Now, look, full disclosure, I go through troubles. I'm asking God to deliver me, you know, get me out of this, allow me to see through this. What I've also started doing is God, allow me in this situation to glorify you and to give you praise, honor, and glory. And I'm telling you, when God does things and God brings you through a time like that and you can see how God has worked in you and how he's worked different things in you, when you come on the other side of that trouble, yo, God gets the glory and you are made stronger as a believer per verse 10 of first Peter chapter five, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. A soldier is not made good during peace. Just keeping it real battle hardened soldiers are the best soldiers. It's not the peacetime that makes them great soldiers. Not that you can't be a great soldier during peacetime, but what makes you that complete warrior is in a war when troubles come. I think we need to get out of this mentality, this rainbow, you know, uh, uh, unicorns and and sugar and 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 sweetness mentality thinking that everything will always go right and when something goes wrong it has to be fixed right away maybe it's not fixed right away maybe you suffer for a while maybe it's some things god is working out of you i think we need to we need to understand that this is reality 
Reality is things won't always go right. But what's going on when things go wrong? What is God working? What position are you going to be on the tail end of that? Maybe you'll be in a better position. More than likely, if you go through it the right way, you will be in a better position spiritually. Make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, settle you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.